I want to just talk to you today, if I can, um, from a very familiar passage of scripture that I'm quite sure any of you that's here today could stand here and preach from this text. Now, don't go ahead of me when I tell you what it is, thinking that you know all that's in this text. But this is what the Lord has placed on my heart to preach today. And it's recorded in the 15th chapter of the book of St. Luke. Very familiar passage of scripture, the 15th chapter. The 15th chapter and beginning at verse number 11. And it reads as follows. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Take your seats. I'm not going to read the whole thing because keep your Bibles open. Keep your Bibles open. No need of reading the whole text and then preaching the text. Amen. So you can just kind of follow me as we go through this text that a certain man had two sons. And from this uh, 15th chapter, I believe it goes from verse 11 to like 24. I want to talk to you uh, today from the subject matter, stay in the father's presence. Stay in the father's presence. See, I want to analyze the dangers that can be unnecessarily experienced when we choose to stray away from the Father's presence, when we stray away from the provision of God to go after what we want out of life. Now, the text just simply says that a certain man had two sons. Now, the first thing you will observe is that it does not tell us the name of the father. It does not tell us where the father came from. It doesn't even tell us how old the father is. It just says that a certain man had two sons. And by the very fact that the man had two sons, let me know that he was a father. Now, when you further analyze that verse, you will discover that it does not name the two sons. It does not tell us how old they are. It does not tell us where uh, they came from. All we know is that there was a man who had two sons. And we also know that one of the sons was older than the other. Amen. And we know that simply uh, by the fact that it says in verse 12, and the younger of them said to his uh, father. Now, let's take a moment, if we can, to uh, uh, notice what he said to his, uh, his father in verse 12a. Now, remember, I taught you all in Bible study, anytime you hear 12A, 12B, 12C, 12A means the beginning of the verse, B means the middle of the verse, and C means uh, the end of the verse. Can I talk to y'all today? Amen. And so in 12A, you will notice that the younger son comes to him and he says, give me. Now, these two words clearly show us that whatever it is that is about to be asked for is not actually his to begin with, and he may not have been, it wasn't earned either. And so notice that he is requesting his portions of his father's earnings and wealth. And so, but it is never pointed out that this boy had ever did anything to earn what he was requesting. Now, 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 how much does this actually describe us today? Amen. It really describes us today. How much do we ask God for that we know we really do not 
deserve. And so this, this, this particular verse, amen, it outlines the principle of grace for us to see in that something has the possibility of being given that obviously has not been earned by the person that is asking for it or that it will be bestowed upon. And I think if we were all transparent today and whether you were transparent or not, uh, we would have to admit that the blessings that God bestows upon us each and every day, we don't deserve it. Fact of the matter is, I tell people all the time that we should have been cut off. Somebody say cut off. I'm talking about completely cut off long time ago. Amen. Because when we were not faithful to God, my testimony is God has always been faithful to me. And so the younger son, he comes to the father and he says, give me and then when you look at the the the, the B portion of verse twelve, you will notice that he says uh, it says that he divided unto them. He divided unto them, and so this 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 phrase points out to us that the father did not merely grant the younger son what he requested, but also practiced the principle of fairness by giving just as much to the elder son. Amen. Now watch this. The younger son makes the request, but then the elder son, he really, amen, he gets because of the younger son's request. He said, and he divided them. So that simply means that the eldest son got as much as the younger son did. Now, this should, it really should serve as an example that it is right to treat everyone with the same manner of respect and not be driven by a perceived notions. So in other words, what, what the Lord is also teaching us in this text is uh, that, 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 that he's no respecter of person. And you know how sometimes we respect other people more because of their title or because of uh, the letters they have behind uh, their name. You know, you say, Dr. Lori, how I'm supposed to stand up. Amen. But if you say sister Kim, uh, then I'm supposed to sit down. No, 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 no. He, I want y'all to see the principles of this text and how it can be applied to all our everyday life as well. And he divided unto them. Aren't you glad that God is a merciful God and that God is a good God? He blesses you. He blesses me. In fact, of the matter is, the Bible says that he reigns on the unjust just like he reigns on the just. And so the text says he divided unto them. And then when you look at 13a, are y'all, y'all still got your Bibles? open. I'm sorry. I'm not preaching the CBS news. I'm going to preach the Bible. And so when you look at 13a, you will find that it says not many days after. Y'all see it in the text. It says not many days uh, after. And how many times have we made countless mistakes all because we did not take the ample time to properly figure out what the best course of action was. We often make the wrong decisions when we move too fast and have not consulted God as to what would be the 
best thing to do in a situation. I'm wondering if there's anybody up in here today that would confess that if I had just waited on the Lord. Oh, come on here. Come on here. If I had just waited on the Lord, I could have saved myself many sleepless nights. I Come on here. Somebody could have saved themselves many buckets of tears. Somebody could have saved themselves from a heartache and, and from pain. It was simply because we did not consult God in regards to the situation. Well, the wise man, he gives us some great advice. The wise man said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways do what? Acknowledge God and God will. He'll do what? He will direct thy path. Aren't you glad that you consulted God? Aren't you glad that you waited on God? Or let me say it this way. Aren't you glad that you've learned the lesson of what happens when you don't wait on on God? It said not many days after he makes a decision that he does not consult God before he makes uh, the decision. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is talking to somebody here and saying, you better, you better consult me. Uh, somebody's getting ready to do something. Somebody's getting ready to change some things. Somebody, you've been sitting down and trying to analyze and trying to uh, figure it out on your own. And you think that because you put it on paper that it's going to work out that way. I got news for you today. If I was you, I would encourage you to acknowledge God in every situation. 13B, 13B, it says that he moves into a far country. Somebody say a far country. Now, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt this young man wanted to get as far away from home as he possibly could. Some, Come on here. Some of y'all been like that. He wanted to get as far away from home as uh, he possibly could. He may have uh, even been trying to get away from anyone that knew him, that knew his father or anyone associated with his father. Why is it? Why is it? Why? is it that when we decide we want to do something that might not be pleasing to our father that we my god we 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 go far away from his presence and far away from uh, the people of god this young man no doubt settled somewhere where he was assured that his father was not known so he could do whatever he wanted to do. He said, I'm grown. I'm 21 plus tax and I can do whatever I want to do. I don't want to hear nothing about my father. I don't want to hear nothing about didn't you grow up in church. I don't want to hear nobody telling me you should know better. I don't want to hear nobody say didn't you used to be the Sunday school teacher. I'm getting out of here and I'm going into a country not just any ordinary country. I'm going to a far country. My kids laugh at me. Oftentimes when they were younger, they would place bets on me. Can y'all believe that? A bunch of gamblers. Listen, they would, they would, they would, they would, they would, they would test bets on me. And here was, uh, here was the bet that when we went out to Sizzlers to eat after church on Sunday, they would Bet me, Dad, I bet you $25 that somebody's going to come in and they're going to walk up to our table and they're going to speak to you. Well, I never better because I'm not a better, but I, I would have lost every time because sure enough, it don't matter what restaurant I go into, somebody's going to come up to me and say hello and sometimes they even say I don't even remember your name but didn't I see you I saw you I saw you down at St. Stephen's I saw you down at Mount Olive I said yes that's that's me this 
boy, he didn't want to have to deal with that. And so the text says that he went into a far country. But can I tell us all something here today? Our Father which art in heaven, and yeah, holler be thy name. You got to understand, we cannot get out of the presence of our heavenly Father. It don't matter where you go, he's going to be there. Fact of the matter is, David asked the question. David said, where can I go to get out of the sight? And David wanted to get out of the sight of God. Can you believe that? And then finally, he had to come to the conclusion, I can't go nowhere that God don't see me come on here somebody he said if i see into the highest mountain into the atmosphere god is there if i go down to the depths of the sea god is there and then david even said if i make my bed even in hell my god did y'all know god was in hell y'all ain't gonna help me here he said if i make my bed in hell god is still there and so he says the eyes of the lord is in every place beholding the good and the evil. So my brothers and my sisters, we cannot hide from God. The old folk used to say the lights are turned on. In other words, you can't hide. And then they used to say the cover is too short. My God, they said you can't hide. You cover your head, your feet will show. You cover your feet and your head will show. They say no matter what you do away Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to here today, but he went out into a far country. And then after he got out there in the far country, 13C tells us something else. It tells us that this boy wasted his substance with righteous living. Somebody go, "Mm -mm -mm." he wasted his substance, things that he had, his uh, material goods. He wasted it with Right, righteous living. And, and, and there's definitely no doubt in this verse that this type of living must have not been tolerated in his father's house. Now listen, there are some things that you did. Amen. You didn't do it until you left your father's house. We did not, we didn't smoke in, uh, I didn't say I didn't smoke. Y'all ain't listening here, but I had better sense. We did not smoke in in my daddy's house. Ellie Miller, we couldn't even play Monopoly because Monopoly had dice. Y'all ain't helping me now. And, and, and there was no such thing as shooting dice because back in that day, you know, them old timers that was gambling. And so uh, we couldn't even play Monopoly. We It was so much stuff. Uh, uh, some of you young people wouldn't have made it in, in my house that I, that I used to live in. There was something we didn't play worldly music in, in in my father's house. It was, it was Mahalia Jackson. It was, come on here, somebody. Amen. In my father's, in my father's house. And so this boy knew my God, that there were some things that his father wasn't going to tolerate in his house. And, and, and it's amazing what we will do when we are left to ourselves to try to discover who we really are as uh, as individuals. And what's so sad today? I'm not in a hurry to preach. Y'all just came on the wrong day, I guess, because I'm not in a hurry to preach. Listen, because what's so sad today is to see grown folk. And when I say grown folk, I'm talking about people uh, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75 years old, still trying to find themselves. Oh, yeah, I said it. You got folk that's still trying to discover who they are. Well, let me tell you, if you are saved, you ought to know who you are, that you are a child of the most. Uh, oh, God. Somebody say, preach, Pastor. Say it. I need some help here. You ought to know who you are. Amen. I look at you one day and I know you. The next day I can't hardly figure out who you are. That's just a person trying to find himself. Well, I need you to know that you can, when you get into the purpose of God and when you get into the will of God, you'll know 
who you are. I'm glad I know who I am. And you know what, mother, mother, listen, I know who I am. And when other folk call me out of my name, I don't get upset because I don't have to be what you call me. I know who I am. I'm a child of the most high God in my name. It's been written in the Lamb's book of life. This boy, he went out there to try to discover himself. His esteem, though false, is high at this point, and he does not have a care in the world, but to make sure that he satisfies his flesh in whatever ways he can. And we should also be able to see ourselves in this boy, though it may be in a very different way. But listen, when we decide to do things like we want to do them and not how God has said it to be done. We also waste not only our substance, but ourselves as well, only to find, only to find in verse 14a that when he had spent all, I don't want y'all to me, I saw some in this verse I never seen before. I'm going to show it to you today. It says, when he has spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. Analyze this verse carefully. And it should be noticed that the famine apparently inflicts only the land, first of all, where he was dwelling. It's right there in the text. (laughs) It's right there in the text. He goes to a far country and the famine only inflicts the land that he settles in. Listen, when God's trying to get your attention, he'll cause the whole land. He'll cause the whole land to dry up. On the flip side, when God gets ready to bless you, he'll cause a bank to go out of business. Don't tell me what God won't do. Analyze the verse. My grandson really helping me here today. Analyze the verse. It's right there. Also, I want you to notice that the famine amazingly did not start until after he had wasted all that he had when he came to the land. Come on here. Come on here. Had he not wasted his money, he'd have been able to take it easy in the land. But he had wasted all. Then the Lord sends a famine in the land. Can I help somebody? Don't spend all. Uh Uh-oh. Some of y'all look at me like too late. Well, if you ever get some more, don't spend all. It's often mind-boggling to consider past troubles and how many of them came along at a time when we were not prepared to deal with them in one way or the other. Anybody ever been there? Come on, the famine not only catches him at a time... When he had nothing left, but also at a time where he has ventured as far away from home as he could. Now he can't even get back home. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I I, I want y'all to see this. I want y'all to see this. He can't go back home now. If his daddy had to send him an email and say, come on, it's hard times there. He didn't have nothing left. To get home. 
Lord, there's so much in this today. Let me say this too. When you leave home, leave home right so that you can go back home. And don't ever slam that door. This is to you and everybody else that's listening to me. Don't ever slam the door where you can't go back home. Because you never know when you got to go back home. You never know when you got to take your husband and all six of your kids. Y'all ain't talking back here to me. Watch how you leave home. Come on here, somebody. He's in a far country. All right, I'm not going to preach that much longer. Thank you, sir. When he left home, he meant to go as far away as he did, never stopping to consider that he would ever need to go back home for any reason. Never, never thought it. How many times have we wasted what God has blessed us with doing stuff that God did not lead us to do with the blessing only to end up needing that substance at a time after we no longer have it. Don't waste the blessings of God. Don't waste them. God bless you with a good job. Don't waste that money. Uh Uh-oh, y'all don't like me now. Come on here, somebody. Well, I could, you know, when I was little, uh, we didn't have that much. We had to have cereal with no milk. And when I get grown, honey, uh, my kids ain't gonna never have no cereal with no milk. And then you go up there and buy a whole cow and put it in your backyard. Come on here, somebody. Don't waste the blessings of God. Because when you look in 14b, can I preach this text? When you look at 14b, the Bible says he began to be in want. Please understand that too many times we tend to let our wants be overemphasized to a point where we minimize our needs to obtain what is not needed. People will buy what they want and try to borrow what they need. Uh Uh-oh, come on here, somebody. And God made a promise to us. God said, I will supply every one of your needs according to my riches up in glory. A Bentley is not a need. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. It's not a need. A Toyota can get you from point A to point B. Come on here, somebody. But I want a Bentley. I don't have a garage to put the Bentley in. Oh, y'all don't like me here. But I want a Bentley. Can I encourage you get the garage first? Uh-oh. You parking it on the street then putting the car cover on it. On the street. He became in want. Come on. Do you think this young man would be willing to get back all of the physical gratifying stuff that he had in order to sustain himself during this crucial time? The answer is yes. How much stuff do you have that you would give back right now? I ain't talking about your husband either or your wife. (laughs) How much? (laughs) You guys on camera, how much? Stuff, would you give back now? During the pandemic, what, what, what? Some of y'all might have got to a point where you were saying, I got to sell some stuff. He became in want. Then he joined himself. Let me move on. In verse 15, to the citizens there, Verse 16 says no man gave him anything. 
Don't y'all know that's how it is when you get broke? Where are your friends at when you get broke? Where are your friends at that you've helped down through the years and all in between those years and you call on them one time and they're nowhere, anybody know what I'm talking about up in here? They're nowhere to be found. He ends up in a field feeding pigs. Can I tell you, that's what the devil will do to you. The devil will cause you to go out into a field. Cause you to be among the pigs. Nobody gave to this young man. But I thank God for verse number 17. I said I thank God for verse, I'm going to just talk, 17. Verse 17 says when he came to himself. And this is the point where even when we read this, we should be yet thanking God that he never leaves us alone. He always is showing us what we could be even he reminds us of once what we once were with him when we get to our lowest points of our life God always have a way of showing up somebody you've come to church here today you might be at the lowest point of your life but I start by here to let you know God never leaves his children alone. There that boy is now. He finally comes to himself. This young man had a flashback of life in the father's house and in his father's presence. He stopped to remember that he is the one that got himself to this point. Uh oh, you got to realize sometimes that it's not my mother nor my father. Hallelujah. I want to talk. It's not my sister nor my brother. But you got to come to the realization sometimes that I'm my own worst enemy. And it's because of my decisions that I find myself where I'm at right now. This boy, he also remembered that in his father's house, that his father had some hired servants. And that those servants probably didn't even care about their father but only about a paycheck and he comes to himself and he says well how many hired servants do my father have and when he came to himself he said I'm going to do something it's one thing to realize it but it's another thing to do something to about it. It's one thing to meditate on it, but it's another thing to take action. He said, I'm going, I'm going to get up from where I am and I'm going back to my father's house because in my father's house, there was provision and safety in my father's house. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat. I had a roof over my head in my father's house. He said, I will arise. And somebody, you need to arise. You need to get up from where you are. You need to stop mumbling and complaining. 
You need to dry your eyes. You need to stop making excuses. You need to stop having a pity party before you go to sleep every night. And you ought to say, I'm going to arise and I'm going to let my father. I'm not saying for Michael to come back home. I'm talking about your heavenly father. I'm going to arise. I don't want to preach too hard today, but I'm going to arise and I'm going back to my father. Well, let me close here because when he's on his way back to the father, I see the number five. Everybody hold up five. I'm not saying high five me, but the five is significant because five is the number of grace. When you go back to Calvary, there was five piercings. They put one hole in each hand. They put one hole in each foot. And then they put one in his side. Well, when I read this text, I see the number five. I see nothing but grace. Because the Bible says, number one, when his father saw him, aren't you glad that God sees you? God knows your uprising. God knows your downsetting. The Bible says, number one, the father saw him. And then number two, he had compassion on him. Aren't you glad we have a compassionate father? Aren't you glad he just keeps on doing great things for you? And then number three, when the father saw the son, the Bible said the father, he ran. Oh, what a mighty God that we serve. I'm glad that number four, it said that the father, he fell on his neck. And then number five, the father kissed him. And if you keep on reading, you will discover that the father did not even give the son a chance to fully say what he wanted to say. I'm quite sure that son made up a speech. He had his apology already set. But when the father saw the son, the son didn't even get an opportunity to explain himself. The Bible says that the father was so glad to see the son. He told his servant, you go kill the fattest cab. Go get a robe. Put it. He got my robe. Go get a robe and put it on his back. Go get the best ring in the jury box. Put it on his finger because my son who was once dead, he is now alive. Let's rejoice. Let's have a party. Let's have a bash. My son is back home. Well, oh, I come to tell you, child of God, every sinner that comes to Christ, every sinner that repents, our father throws the party and said he was dead but is now alive. I'm glad. I'm glad I can never stray away from my father because if you confess 
with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God have raised him from the dead. The Bible said you shall be saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I've been delivered. I'm glad I've been set free. I'm glad my heavenly father watches over me. His eye is on the sparrow. I'm glad he walks with me. I'm glad he talks with me. I'm glad he holds me. I'm glad he comforts me. I'm glad he rocks me. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm finished. I'm finished. My father, my father, which is in the heaven, can talk about my father. My father is my bridge over troubled waters. My father is my healer, my deliverer, my strong tower, my refuge, and my strength. My father is a very present help in the time of trouble my father is my light and my salvation my father sent my big brother he sent my older brother all the way from heaven down here my big brother died for your sins my big brother hung on the cross. My big brother they put in the grave. But oh, 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 my big brother got up on the third day. My big brother said, I'm a heir and a joint heir. My big brother made me beneficiary over his insurance my big brother thank you father thank you father daddy I thank you because one day one day I'm going back home one day I'm going to my father's house let not your heart be troubled ye believe in God believe also in me in my father house there are many mansions if it were not so my big brother wouldn't have told you but he's going to prepare a place my father's house and oh oh what a day that's gonna be my mother's there my father's there my brothers are there my grandchild is there my niece is there Anybody got any relatives that's in my daddy's house? And I'm not jealous because it's your house too. Glory. It's your house too. It's your house too. Stay in the Father's presence. This young man shows us what happens when we get out of the Father's presence.
Stay there. Stay there. Acknowledge the Father in everything that you do. And he will direct your path. And then I'm going to tell you something. I'm finished. But I feel that again. Don't, don't. Mm. Don't tell me that you're in his presence and you're sad and down all the time. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Please. I'm, I'm sorry. You mumbling and grumbling all the time, but you're in his presence. You being deceived. Because my Bible tells me that in his presence is fullness of joy. Not some joy, but fullness of joy. When you get in his presence, I'm not saying that the storms won't come. I'm not saying that something won't knock you off your feet. But when it knocks you off your feet and you're in his presence, it'll pick you back up. God will help you move forward. Everybody standing. Everybody standing. He said, I will arise and I'll go back to my father's house. In other words, what he was simply saying was this. I'm going to get up and I'm going back into the presence of my father. Because in his presence, I know that there is provision. I know Gary Jr. don't mind me sharing this, but when they first got married, Leah's job transferred them to Nashville. Y'all remember when he was in Nashville and it was rough on them. Young couple. Gary ain't never been nowhere. Young couple trying to survive in Nashville. He'll tell you the story because he's not ashamed of it. How they struggled. Spaghetti with no sauce. (laughs) I'm talking about struggle like that. That's where Peyton was born. She was just a little baby. And we went down there when Peyton was born. And, you know, as kids want to make their parents proud of them. He was trying to act like, you know, everything was good. But we as parents, we know. We can sense when certain things are not quite right and when there's a struggle. And so, of course, we did what we could to help. Something, someone passed away and in the family and Gary wanted to come to the funeral. And he didn't have no money to buy a ticket. And in the discussion of him and his wife, I guess his wife has said, well, you know, even if we scrape up the money to get the ticket, how are you going to eat? How are you going to do whatever? And Gary Jr., I never forget, told her. He's the one who told me the story. He said, let me tell you something. If you just get me to my father, I don't have to worry about nothing else. He said, I don't need a dime in my pocket going all the way from Nashville to San Diego as long as I can get to my father's house he came here broke and he was right (laughs) but he had the assurance that's the kind of assurance God wants us to have in him if I can just muster enough faith to believe that God will do it
us get into his presence. I know already that everything going to be all right. And you know what? The presence of the Lord is here. I wish I had enough voice to sing right now. I ain't got no more voice. But the presence of the Lord is here. How do I know he's here? Because I don't even want to let y'all go home. I guess I just have to stay here by myself. But I can feel it. I can feel him in the atmosphere. And I know when he's here, there's healing. There's deliverance. Right where you're standing. Right where you're standing. If you're sick today, the presence of the Lord is here. Release your faith. Just believe God. Just believe God. I decree healing from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet. I decree that you will no longer pamper and hallelujah. Pay more attention to your pain than you do the healer. Pay attention to the healer. I'm not saying deny the pain. I'm not saying deny what you have. But he is our healer. Hallelujah. He is the bomb that's in Gilead. He is the physician that is there. And by his stripes, we are already healed. Declare it. Declare your healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody, you come to church, you're confused, you're a little mixed up. You may be in the valley of decision. Acknowledge God. God will direct your path. Somebody, you may be dealing with way with children. Don't fight. Don't argue. Just get in God's presence. God knows what he's doing. God is still in full control. Hallelujah. He's in still in full control. Somebody could be having marital problems. God is still in control. You're not responsible for how they respond to you, but you are responsible for how you respond to them. Get in his presence. Somebody's job situation is just... First of all, thank God that you have a job. Every time you get a paycheck, just start dancing and say, I got a job. Hallelujah. And then, God, I pray that you would touch their surroundings, that atmosphere. Let their light so shine before you that men and women can see their good works. And glorify the Father which is in heaven. God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice or anybody that's listening now or anybody that will listen later. If they don't know your darling son Jesus as their personal savior, they can't come unless you draw them. God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late. Let the spirit of conviction rest upon them. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you for these who've gathered today. And we praise your great name. Everybody put those hands together. Come on, give God praise. Come on, thank God, thank God. 